you have 30 seconds of grounding silence. Sorry. Uh, I just wanted to bring up our spiritual director. Thank you. Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron. Thank you, Darlene. Let me stumble my way over here. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Now we have our teens represented here today at our second service. It's awesome. All right. So we're going to uh, drop into our silence right now if you're game. And um, we've never had anybody not drop into the silence. I hadn't even thought about that before. But uh, it's it's just an uh, opportunity for us to ground ourselves in the moment and catch up with ourselves, perhaps. I'm going to invite you to bring your awareness down from your head to your heart. If it's helpful to actually touch your head and bring your your hand down to your heart space, please feel free to do so. And so when we bring it down, just slow your breathing. Just quiet yourself in this moment. This is the eternal moment. The only moment. It's the only moment that we have to influence anything. And so with that said and with that opening there at the heart space, I think about something we're grateful for. Maybe it's just simply the the chair you're sitting in or the warmth of the room. It doesn't really matter. What is important is that you feel grateful. Not because you should, but because you can. Because gratitude is the language of the infinite. It's the portal to that unified field. And so now let's drop into our silence. If your mind gets busy again, just bring that energy to your heart and continue to imagine that heart expanding and connecting. So we begin. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear Every room in this very room. So what I know in this moment and invite you to know with me, there's one power, one presence, one life. And I affirm and know in this moment because I know what I hear, I forget, what I see, I remember, and what I say, I become. And so we activate and invite and welcome this divine presence, this unified field into our experience through the spoken word, through the I am. And so I affirm and know in the first person for each person here, that life, that life is perfect, that life is source, that life is spirit, that life is God, that life is my life here and now. And I open to it this day, this day of infinite possibility, this day of watching and, and the, the, the opportunity of a meaningful ritual, of dissolving 
that which no longer serves me and serves you to release and to make room. And so I just give thanks for the guidance and the wisdom and the clarity and the the blessings that have brought us together today. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be alive, to be able to create with you, to give birth to something that is seeking expression and seeking an opportunity to be given birth. And so in a beautiful, wonderful way, I just simply give thanks for all that has been, for all that has brought us to this moment, and for the greater yet to be. So in gratitude and appreciation, I invite you to say with me, and so it is. So we've been tracking this, uh, these weeks, uh, the Science of Mind textbook, first few chapters, and today's, uh, there it is, what it does. And there's Ernest, I'm going to make my screen a little bigger here too. And we're going to do our burning bowl ceremony today. So I know that uh, Daniel's filming for YouTube, so we have a YouTube channel set up now, so uh, people can uh, tap in that way. And we have Facebook Live at our 10 o'clock service every Sunday for people that can join us uh, on Facebook Live. And so that's been a lot of fun to uh, watch uh, the participation there. So if you're on Facebook Live, make sure you share when you're there. It's, uh, it's helpful. And as uh, Darlene said, you know, that, uh, it, through the social media, it's uh, one way that we can expand our influence. So that's our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes. Uh, last year was celebrating 100 years of the science of mind, but uh, we're still celebrating 100 years of the science of mind. So Dr. Holmes had this to say at the, the second page, on page 41, what it does, we can know God only insofar as we can become God. And so he, uh, he also articulates there that this is figuratively, not literally, this idea that, you know, that we are God and unto ourselves, but we are an individualized expression of this infinite potential and possibility. And so what, what it is is, is that we are, um, we are a, a drop of God in an ocean of God. We are made in the image of likeness. And by that, that whatever, whatever tendency of thought and, and state, tendency of state, really, rather than tendency of thought, because thought is one of the brains but there's three brains that we know, now that, and the neuroscience that we have. And I really encourage you, if you feel called, to join us next, uh, next Saturday. We've still got some space available. I'm really excited about the information we're going to share. We're going to share a lot of practices. We're going to look at some things that we just don't have time to do on a Sunday morning. So if you feel called at all to that, if you're not an experienced meditator, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of wonderful guided meditations. It's not going to be so much silent meditation as guided. We're going to walk you through a series of those inspired by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, We're going to do some architect work around uh, some of this beautiful uh, work that has been done by a a Zen master in terms of identifying the archetypes, which is very much about, as we do with the Q process, who we've come here to be. But we have to practice these things. And so how do we become, how do we, so waking up, consciousness is all about waking up. So what do we wake up to? Do we just do the spiritual work? We do the, we do the meditation workshop next weekend and we just all of a sudden reach enlightenment? But typically it doesn't happen that way. It can, but it doesn't happen that way because it takes practice. And it takes practice because all of us are challenged by the same uh, situation and circumstances. So Dr. Holmes said this as well in, this, uh, in the Science of Mind textbook. It, it is necessary that we release all thoughts as well as things that clutter up our lives. So today we're doing a releasing ceremony. If you've got a, a piece of flash paper on your way in, we're going to have you come up in a few minutes and 
place it in this bowl. I'm going to put a flash paper here because our cue card says, please have compassion for us when we're being not enough. So this is my not enough piece of flash paper that I'm going to put in the bowl right now. I'm releasing the idea of not enough for myself and for anyone else that's in agreement with it. But we have to make room. So what happens to us, all of us, on this journey of waking up? Because what we don't realize is when we, we remember we forgot, it's, that's part of waking up. So we come here, we read a book, we take a class, all of a sudden we go somewhere else, we go down and hang out with Tony Robbins, he was in town a couple weeks ago. And Tony does great stuff. And he's got wonderful practices as well. And if you're drawn to... Th- we all have teachers. We're all drawn to certain teachers. And I celebrate Tony's work. He's, he's helped a lot of people. But the point being is, is that we're, we're all suffering from the same um, challenges. And what happens is our, the neuroscience is telling us now, and, it's, and it's, we live in such a great time, because there are ways to accelerate this. Uh, our, our process and understand it at a deeper level. So the more we understand it, less we fall asleep less and less. It's the journey. So when we fall asleep and forget and catch ourselves falling asleep, that's progress. We can say, oh my gosh, this is great. I fell asleep and I only stayed asleep for a month this time or two weeks this time. Rather than beat ourselves up, yeah, woo, yeah, it is something to be celebrated. We think we failed because we, we slide back into the old pattern, but we have memorized these patterns. So what the mind does, the language of the brain, the, neuro, the neurotransmitter system of the brain is thoughts. So thoughts, 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 and it's the amygdala up front. It's the front of the brain that's got, so the, what the amygdala will do, the amygdala will do is it would rather be wrong 99 times out of 100 than miss the one time it needed to protect us. It's based on survival. When we lived in caves and we lived, lived out in the desert and we lived up in the, you know, we, we, we hollowed out a, a, a shelter in the snow wherever we lived. So, so that, that brain is busy and it's typically busy protecting us because we t- get that front uh, amygdala charged. And, so the, and then the language of the heart, the language of the heart is, is, it's chemical. So, we ha- so what happens is we, we have patterns in our lives. Does everybody, everybody has some place they, they go in the evening to have a meal and sleep, I'm assuming. And we have a familiar environment and we probably have a vehicle that unless we've got a brand new car in the last couple weeks we're familiar with. Any, in other words, we have things that we're used to. <clears throat> and, and, so, and we've had experiences. Anybody here have experiences in your life? Yeah. So we've all had experiences and so what happens with our thinking is we get up in the morning and go, oh, God, i got to go to that job. My job only pays me so much. Or my job pays me so much, I'm so, I'm so happy. Whatever the story is we make, because that's our meaning making. So, and i got to go see so-and-so. Oh, God, I can't stand so-and-so. They remind me, they just remind me, of, you know, or I just love so-and-so. Whatever it is, we make this stuff up. So we all have a past, we all have a history. So we get up in the familiar surroundings and we fall right into the familiar ways of thinking. And the familiar ways of thinking bring us right into the familiar ways of feeling. So how do we stop that? It takes two seconds for the brain, the amygdala, to kick in to protect us. How do we, we have two seconds to get this right. Ah, I'm gone. Boom, two seconds, boom, boom. Back into it. I'm back into the fear. I'm back into the anxiety. I'm back into the worry. I'm back into the scarcity. I'm back into the judgment. I'm, I'm back into the beating myself up, whatever it may be. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. But this, we, all, we all do this, okay? And it's, it's, 
it's not good. I don't want to call it good or bad. It's not in our best interest, let's say. But it's familiar. It's a habit. And it's all based on past experience. We all need spiritual lobotomies. Anybody signing up for that? So how do we have a non-invasive surgical lobotomy? So I want to talk to you about that today because what I want to do when we release this, I want to offer a practice and I want to partner with you. I need your help because you partnering with me, we draft together. We create, when we do spiritual practice together, we create, create coherence. Next week I'm going to bring a, um, an amazing short video from um, Gifted to Me by Dr. Gary Simmons about Greg Braden talking about what a, a small group of individuals in coherence, and coherence means it doesn't mean that we all agree on the same thing. It means that we're all in the same energetic field of infinite possibility, which is renewing and empowering. And, and, and it's, it's so foreign to us because we're so busy with our minds and we're so smart and gifted and talented. All that stuff's good. We're just leaving out the, we're leaving out the most crucial and, and powerful aspect of our capacity to create and manage our lives. It's not taught to our kids. I didn't, my mom and dad didn't know anything about this. They were busy surviving. Everything was survival, and you probably had parents like that too, giving you everything they had, it's everything they knew. My dad didn't have the bandwidth for this. And I understand it, and I have compassion, but just because he didn't have the bandwidth doesn't mean that I've got to give it up. Oh, I don't want to grow beyond my dad. Some people feel that way. I don't want to earn beyond my parents. I'd be insulting them. Okay, well, and you get to do that. It's necessary that we release all thoughts as well as things that clutter up our lives. So our brain, that I've discussed a little bit, our brain differentiates. Our, our brain discern, judge, it judges. It, it decides what we like, what we don't like. It decides, it otherizes. There's Willie. I don't like, I don't like Willie. I love Willie. Okay, buddy? See, it just... It's the other side of the coin. But the point is that, that Willie's different from me. My good and Willie's good are separate. Willie's still going to write that check for $3 million as soon as I give him a check back for a $1 million. And then we're going to look into one another's eyes lovingly each week and ask if we can cash it. <clears throat> but I do, I do love Willie in his sense of humor and joy and, and uh, connection. And, but the point is, so that I can think, my brain will tell me Willie and I, he's, Willie's a separate thing from me. Well, in fact, what we know, there's a, um, I, I won't have time, I'll show it to you next week as well, but our brains are powerful. Our consciousness is powerful. What we agree to, what we embody is powerful. It affects everything. And so little of it is genetic. So little of what patterns are in our lives are genetic. In other words, we're not stuck. So don't blame your genes. Eugene's got nothing to do with it. You know, remember the comedian Gallagher? And he said, you know, he had that long flowing hair, but he was bald on top. And he said, you know, they say that having, having hair is in your genes. He said, I got plenty of hair in my genes. I was like that for him. We otherize, we predict and control, and it's egoic. That's what the brain does. We have, our personalities are there, and all good stuff, we need that stuff. But, but when we limit it, when we just limit that capacity, we're, letting out, we're leaving out the heart. So what the heart does, the heart knows none of that stuff. The heart doesn't know personality. The heart doesn't differentiate. The heart just wants to what? What does the heart want to do, Linda? Love. Love. The heart wants to connect. 
I mean, that's what these, these teens get to go away for, from camp, and we all look at them like, oh my gosh, what happened to them? They all came back. They're in love with one another. They connect. They have these meaningful conversations, and it's a beautiful experience. And everything, oh, that'll fade, and it probably does fade. But the, the door got open, and they've seen the infinite possibility. And that's a beautiful thing, because once you've been stretched to that, you can never go back to the original state. The heart integrates. It, it has intuition, a higher self. So it's mystical. It's intuitive. And that's how we open that up. That's why we brought the Q process here. We get so stuck in the head, the amygdala protecting and blaming and shaming and this and this and this and this. It can't get us anywhere. It won't get us anywhere. You watch, watch the political scene. It's a bunch of good ideas. One more good idea won't get us there. But, pe but people don't know what else to do. So I'm going to put one in right now for blaming. We're going to throw blaming into our, our burning bowl here off of our cue sheet. But the heart knows there's an intelligence. Dr. Holmes said this, the world is beginning to realize that it has learned all it should through suffering and pain. He wrote that in 1926. You think we have? Because it sure looks like we keep going back around it, doesn't it? Looks like, oh man, let's, let's create more suffering and pain. Let's, let's make that group the, the matter with us. Let's make that guy or that girl. There's the problem. Let's identify the problem. That's the mind. That's the amygdala. Let's, let's uh, marginalize that group. We, I, Laura and I watched a couple movies over the weekend. One was about a young uh, a group in India. And one was the, the Miss India contest and all these beautiful Indian women, just gorgeous, and they're doing this pageantry. And then they had another story going on where these, this group was training the young Indian women, and little, little to, you know, to big, in the Hindu tradition because they felt like their tradition was being westernized. So the Miss India contest was a version of the westernization of India. And this group over here wanted to preserve what was precious and important to them. And so what happened was there was, there's, and, and within India, so it's really eye-opening, because, you know, I always think of India, I'm very naive in magical thinking, I think there's, so, there's a lot of enlightenment over there, because so many great teachers came from there. They're, they're pointing fingers and blaming and shaming and, and hating one another just like we are. And I thought, isn't this crazy? Isn't this just crazy that we just, we don't even question marginalizing another group. We don't even question being angry and pointing fingers and blaming and shaming. Because it all comes from our own, own unintegrated, uh, unhealed stuff. But we can be so right. I mean, and I, when I say we, I'm talking about humanity. I'm not talking about people in this room. But all of us can slide into that trap. And then where does it take us? Well, then we can have wars because we differentiate. Good guys, bad guys. It's not going to take us where we want to go. I mean, you know, and the other thing that's remarkable to me is so people will say, well, my teacher's Jesus. I run into people all the time. My teacher's Jesus. Well, good for you. Glad you got a teacher. My teacher's Jesus too. But, I, but, but, but so, and then you'll have people say, well, my teacher's Muhammad. And other people will say, well, my teacher's Moses. Or, and my teacher's Tony Robbins. Or my teacher's this or that. At the end of the day, guys, it doesn't matter who your teacher was. Did you get the teaching? We're so busy establishing who's our teacher and you're wrong. Not, not people in this room, but maybe there is. I don't know. I can't speak for you. I'm just saying my observation, it's insanity. 
Uh, and that's what I love about Dr. Ernest Holmes. He studied every teaching, and he filtered it all down and says, you know what, I, we don't need another religion. We don't need religious science. Just go take this teaching and take it and apply it in your life as a Christian. Take this teaching and apply, and apply it as a Buddhist or a Muslim or whatever you are. There's one life. That life is God. That life is spirit. That life is source. That life is my life and your life right here and right now. How can I embody more of that? How can I become more of God in my life? Not because I'm special, just because I know that that's the source of my life. But most people can't think beyond that. And they're, and they're domesticated in a pattern. They don't get the teaching. If you, the golden rule in all of them is the same. Do unto others as you would be done unto. Every one of them says the same thing. There's not one of them that says go kill the opposite group. That just gets dummy down and dummy down and dummy down. And, that's, and, and, we, and, and many people accept that. To me, it's unacceptable. That's why I keep getting up here every week and doing this. You know, there are times I feel like, you know, I watched these two movies over the weekend. I've got to tell you, I had a crisis of faith. I just thought, what am I doing? Look at the world. I, am I making any difference at all? Well, thank you, but I'm just, yeah, but you look at it and it's so overwhelming. It's just so overwhelming. And, but I can't quit. I can't give up because then I'm lost. And the difference, I've, you know, I came to, I, I've been thinking about this because I, I use the practice I'm going to share with you in a moment. And it doesn't matter. It matters, but it doesn't matter. I can't be attached to it because where the changes happen is within me. And if that's all, you know, my teacher, Dr. Barnum, was my teacher's teacher. And he said, if you move but one mind and that mind is your, your own, you've done it. And I thought, thank you, Dr. Barker. Because, man, I look out at the world and I just, I cry. I just sob sometimes. Because I watch the suffering and the pain. And I read the science of my textbook. And he says, have we learned enough through suffering and pain and competition and comparison? I think we have. But obviously we haven't. But there's hope. And, and, I, I'm, 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 and I stay inspired because I, I want to learn. So every day I say to myself, I'm going to learn something today. I'm going to learn something today. And I'm going to get stronger physically. Because I love to be able to move. And so I'm going to take care of my health. And I'm going to put into this system, my mind and my heart and my gut, something that's valuable. Something that's inspiring. Because I don't want to live with that other tribe. So I want to share with you the heart practice. It's heart math. But it's so important because what's happened is, so I had you begin by, 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 by um, touching your, your head and moving to your heart. And uh, Satricia, you've seen this already. She's in my class. My Power of Decision class, I've already introduced this because I want them to practice this for the next eight weeks. I want everybody to do it all the time. So the practice is is to touch, so you're, you're spinning in the, the thoughts, right? Your amygdala is triggered and you, got, you, know, you don't have enough, whatever it is, scarcity, self-esteem, love, wealth, whatever it may be. The mind will just keep triggering and triggering and triggering and you touch your forehead and you bring it, your hand down to your heart. Does that look familiar? See, I was raised with this, okay? We're gonna eliminate the left and the right, it's just your shoulders, okay? We're just gonna go from the head to your heart Bring it down to your heart, and I want you to slow your breathing. And I want you to do it right now with me, because you're going to take your flash paper, and you're going to ask your heart a question. So just feel yourself slow down. Let your breathing settle. 
There is no emergency. If you, if, and if you find yourself thinking there's something you've got to fix, you're just in your head. Go back up if you have to and bring it down to your heart. No, no, I'm in my heart right now. I'm in my heart right now. Because the heart knows. It's the doorway to the infinite. Dr. Ernest Holmes, even in the Apostle Paul said that you are renewed by the renewing of your mind. They didn't have science back then. It wasn't their, their heads, their brains. Your mind is in your gut. Your mind is in your heart. Your mind is in your head. And what we have to do is take the information that we get through the heart and offer it to the brain. So when we open up the capacity for that infinite wisdom, that unified field, it is a field of love. It just wants to connect and heal us. And the more we can live in the heart and partner with the brain, because the brain just gets worried. The brain is like our, 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 our worried grandmother about us, right? It's okay. It's okay, Grandma, Grandpa. It's okay. I got this handled. I'm here in my heart. So you slow your breathing down, you bring it down, and you ask your heart a question. The question I would invite you to ask your heart right now is what is important for me to release? What is important for me to release today in this burning bowl ceremony? That will shift and change. What do I no longer need to carry? How can I clean up the clutter? And to make a vow and tell your heart and your brain, look, we're going to partner in a different way. This is life transformative. I'm telling you, we can get this as a community and individually. This is the seat of transformation to rise above, to catch ourselves when we fall asleep in the fear and the not enough, the scarcity and the struggle of life and to realize, you know what? There's, there's more than enough right now because I'm in my heart. It doesn't make us vulnerable. It just makes us tender and soft and available to that information. Asking yourself a question. And then you have to listen for the answer. So I've been doing this all week, practicing it so I could on-ramp it with you. I'm not going to offer you something and talk about something that I'm not committed to. So there's one power and one presence. And I'm going to open the doorway of my heart to listen. So I've been asking all week long, what do I do with this information? What is the best way I can, I can offer this and be in service to this op- opportunity and to this practice? And the message I keep getting is trust. I keep getting the message because I, I feel at times I'm not worthy. Who am I to share this information? Who am I to... Who are, you know, I think all of us struggle with worthiness. Why do we limit ourselves? The only one that is limiting our lives is us. If you've got a job, you're not being paid enough, they're telling you, you need to go find another job. Isn't that loving of them? But because the habit is, well, that's where I go, and that's where the, what, what I know, and that's what I do, and it's hard. Life is scary. Sometimes we've got to leap. Sometimes you've got to leap. And today is a chance to, to leap spiritually and emotionally. It's a chance to step up in your life as the healthy, wise, wonderful adult that you are. To know that you're unstoppable. To know that you are powerful. That you are generous. You are emotionally and spiritually mature. So we can look out at the world and we can see people that continue to operate out of fear and lack and limitation and separation. This is, the, this is why we've, we've, we've taken birth. This is why we've come. And enjoy it all and love it all. And the fullness of life, the beauty of life.
It's a beautiful thing. And so I'm going to invite you to partner with me in this heart practice. We're going to do our burning bowl ceremony in a moment. I'm going to invite uh, the ladies in the video booth to show a short video. It's Will Smith. It's a minute. But I think it's so appropriate for today. It's coming up. There we go. I'm, I'm sort of having the realization that you, you, you have to be able to go. The hesitation is the thing that really messes up the chance at having your dreams. Get out of the middle. The moment of pushing off is pure freaking terror. There's nothing to hold on to. We're all trying to hold on to something. You're trying to hold on to an idea or you're trying to hold on to a person and we gotta just get comfortable falling. Life is dangerous. The only way to really enjoy it is jump. And be free. Yeah. When we were in uh, Toronto with Joe Dispenza, we were up 34 stories on the building. I did not want to rappel down 34 stories. I did it when I was 17 years old. That's almost 40 years ago. And I got up there and I just thought, you know, here's Sue Edwards was with us. Sue went, I said, oh, Sue's going down, I gotta go. But you get to your edge, you get to your edge. So it was a metaphor for getting to the edge and, and leaping. And, and so for all of us, what, is, what, would, what terrifies you? What are you attached to that's got to be there for you that might be really good in your life but is keeping you from stepping into your great? For all of us, and it's a question you don't have to answer today, but you know what you can do? You can ask your heart, what is, the, what is this about me? What must I become? You know, I have a vision for what we teach. I want, to, I, I want every seat, I, I see every seat full here. And I want to have thousands of people on our Facebook Live. You know, we're not even close. And so I don't sit and say, oh, it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened. Because the problem is, when we set an intention, the last place it shows up, that's the problem with this. The last place it shows up is in form. And so what i got to have, I hate to use this word on you, you got to have faith. The last place it shows up is here. And it might take, it might take the rest of my life. Well, I'd, if I wasn't doing this, what else would I be doing? And the question that I get to ask my heart is, the, what must I become to be in service to that? Not because I need it to be fulfilled. I got, I got news for you. I'm very happy. I'm a very happy person. And I know that wherever I go and whatever I do, I got enough because I hold life as more than enough. And it has nothing to do with what's in my bank account or what I own financially or, or, or friends I have or recognition I have. I could... I know wherever I go that I'm being taken somewhere. And I, but I want to be in service to this. I want to be in service to this infinite possibility. So the question that I ask my heart now is, what must I become? What must happen within me? And I listen. And if it keeps telling me trust, I'll keep doing what I'm doing and build more trust. That's it. That's enough for me. Oh, I get it. My word today is trust. I need to put that on my cue card. I'm just sharing with you. We don't have to make this. Dr. Holmes says in this chapter, it's simple. But what happens is we make a decision and then we change our minds. And it's so easy because we forget. We go to sleep again in the dream and the muchness of life. 
And so awakening is to continue to wake up moment by moment. So I practice that. Before I get out of bed every morning now, I say, I'm waking up today in a new way. I'm not getting out of bed until I'm a new person energetically. And I do my heart work. And I'm, I'm starting to, to, to move more. I told, you know, I, I have to physically move because otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done. And I, realize, and I love moving on the planet. So I share these things with you. They're personal to me. And I, and I had injuries a couple years ago and I finally got things back to where I feel like I can take care of myself better. And I'm really, I'm really kind to myself. I don't want to get hurt again. But I want to be able to move and breathe and have a vibrancy and go up and down the steps of my house and, with joy and not... <laughs> You know, I can, I can do the 90-year-old thing. Willie, no, I'm not picking on you at all. But, but, I mean, he's young at heart. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. He's 25 years old in there. 25-year-old guy. 25-year-old old guy. But the point is, is that we have to, we have to manage this energetic for ourselves. We ha- this is our responsibility. So what is your edge? What is it that is scary for you to give up? Maybe Nothing. Maybe you're just going to come up and drop it in here. But how do you maintain this? You, make the, you release it. How do you make this a practice in your life? Because the only way you're going you're gonna to see results is you've got to practice consistently. Every day, every minute perhaps. You might have to do this every five minutes for the next 30 days before all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's right, I made a decision here. But you are so worth it. You are so worth it. So I'm going to put in a, a, a piece of flash paper for, for oh, i got to go back to the, the stuff we don't want, for distrusting, for fear, for feeling powerless, grieving, grieving. Will Smith said it there. What are you attached to? What are you attached to that you're, you're grieving? You know, I've still, I've, for years I grieved my grandfather. He was the only source of love I had in my entire life. Ten years old, he died. And all of us, there were 11 kids. I remember my sister just telling me a couple weeks ago, she said, when he went, who, who, there was no love. And I said, yeah, I know. They didn't know how to do that. My parents did what they could do, but he was the source of love. So you feel abandoned. So you spend years and years and years longing for that, trying to recreate that. And now that I'm a grandfather, I realize I'm so happy for his memory because I remember what a difference he made in my life. It was, it was beyond value. And I can do that with my grandchildren. It's like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. But he showed that to me. And, and you grieve that. So I'm throwing two in there for grieving. So what I'm going to invite you to do right now is, so whatever, what are you hanging on to that you don't have to hang on to? You can remember it. We're never going to forget. You just don't have to be attached to it. The Buddha said that the, uh, our suffering comes from attachment. So I'm going to invite you to come on up and, and uh, drop your flash paper into the crystal bowl here of release. So as you go back to your seat, I'm going to invite you to partner with someone. Find a partner. There you go. I'm going to partner with Jerry over here. In, in Matthew, it says, where two or more are in agreement, it is done. So Jerry, come on up, buddy. So Jerry and I are going to stand here. I'm going to invite you to get a partner and do like this. All right. Look at that. I get to, 
He put his hands out so I can hold him. So I'm going to look your partner in the eye. We're going to ground this now. In a, and this is, uh, as Matthew said, where two or more are in agreement, it is done. So look your partner in the eye and say, good morning. Good morning. I am looking at the face of God. I am looking at the face of God. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Ah. I support you. I support you. In releasing. In releasing. And dissolving. And dissolving. And eradicating. And eradicating. Whatever it is that you know is no longer required. Whatever it is that you know that is no longer required. You got this. You got this. I, I celebrate your freedom. I celebrate your freedom. And giving birth. And giving birth. To the infinite possibilities to the infinite possible and so it is so. all right give your partner a hug thank you jerry all right here we go so just to continue to build the suspense now we're going to Mallory's going to lead us in a chant which is beautiful and then we're going to we're going to have some fireworks so here they, here we go where God lives, moves and breathes and has his being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. Hey, let's all stand up and move a little bit. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its because as we move together, we connect. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up.
Okay, can I, can I have a countdown? Three. What? And so it is.